Good morning, everybody. It's good to see all of you. It's good to be seen by those of you joining with us virtually. Uh, man, I look forward to continue to look forward to uh, the time when uh, uh, COVID is well behind us and we're all back together here in the same space at the same time. But until then, I'm very thankful for the opportunity to be able to connect virtually and uh, for all of those uh, that are joining in this way. Know that you are amongst a community um, present right now. And uh, one thing I want to just mention before we move forward here with anything else is uh, we have an incredible staff here at North Haven, and they work so hard, and they've worked so hard over the last 22 months uh, and beyond, but certainly over the last 22 months. If you know a staff member here at North Haven, um, would you find a way to encourage them, just remind them how thankful you are of uh, their efforts and uh, continued commitment here to the the people and community, Uh, they would just really appreciate that and benefit from that. So if God, as God leads, uh, pray that you would do that. Also, I want to just pray for safety as a group of uh, kids and leaders head back home after having been at Camp Lebanon for a weekend. Um, uh, kids grades three through five uh, went along with my son uh, for this weekend and uh, not only did they have a great time, um, but uh, they also were uh, shared, I mean, shared truth of Jesus Christ and the life that he gives and uh, what, how it is that he calls each of us uh, to a very unique and specific purpose. And so I just am so looking forward to talking to my son about the impact of this weekend. Um, also, thank you so much for these three volunteers. Uh, there's a special place in heaven for anybody that willingly goes away for a weekend with uh, kids that age. So I certainly want to pray for protection for them as they travel home. So yes, as it was mentioned in the video, we are in the midst of a 50-week series. That's insane, 50 weeks on one book in the Bible, but that's, that's what we're doing. We are committing 50 weeks now, today, 49 weeks, because we started last Sunday, to the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is such an incredible book of the Bible. If you haven't done a deep dive, well, you're about to, if you're willing to join with us in that journey. And uh, we're unpacking. How did the early church start? What What was the makeup? What was the mission? What was the plan, the purpose of the early church? How did that unfold? How did that materialize? And then where do we find ourselves in that Uh, story today. And so last week we started with just the first two verses of the first chapter in Acts. Now if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to the book of Acts. It's certainly in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, right after that. And uh, that's where we're going to reside. We're going to be there in chapter 1. We're going to be looking at some other passages that point to the truths that we're going to uh, experience here today. Um, But uh, last week, we started in this journey. And one of the things that that we touched base on right away with this series is the fact that the Gospel of Luke... Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the book of Acts, written by the same person, Luke. And Luke, when he wrote these, he intended Luke and Acts to be part one and part two of a larger story, of a larger narrative. 
Part one, obviously, being the story of Jesus and his life on earth, his ministry, certainly his sacrifice on the cross, and then his burial, and then his resurrection from the dead. And then part two, the book of Acts. And last week, we started talking about and, and, and encouraging you to consider yourselves as part of this story that we're currently in, part two. In that, each of us, this church, we are a part of part two even now. So Acts 2 is part 2. We are living in that today. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've given your life to him, if you've decided to follow Jesus and make him the leader of your life, the Bible tells you that you are saved and you are part of the body. You're part of the capital C church. And being part of the capital C church means that you are actively today a part of part 2. Now, we saw right away in verses 1 and 2 of the first chapter of Acts last week that it states that Jesus gave the apostles instructions. And I mentioned last week that we were going to talk about what those instructions were uh, today, and we're going to do just that. So what were those instructions? Now, after Jesus' resurrection and right before his ascension, right before he was to then go into heaven, Jesus spent 40 days with his followers explaining to them the kingdom of God. So we're going to start in verse 3 of chapter 1. Verse 3 of chapter 1, and it says this. After Jesus' suffering, he presented himself to them, to his followers, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And then in verses 4 and 5, Jesus begins to instruct his followers to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, he had talked at great length during the course of his ministry. We read about this in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, about this helper that was going to be coming. And now he's, he's talking about it again in verses four, four and 5. On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait For the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, now this conversation between Jesus and his followers is an interesting one. It's an interesting conversation because we sometimes, and maybe it's safe to say many times, we confuse the message of the kingdom of God with the message of our own personalized little kingdoms. Our wants, our desires, the way we think that life should kind of shape up to be in our own existence, that's, that's our little kingdom that we try to protect and perpetuate. And we often prioritize or confuse that with the message of God's kingdom. Even, even Jesus and his followers were confused. Think about this. 
When, when Jesus and his disciples were, were doing ministry together over those three years, the disciples had it in their mind. We've talked about this before. They had it in their mind that Jesus was the promised Messiah, of course, but being the promised Messiah, that he was going to assume the throne in Israel at that time. And that he was going to physically then remove Roman occupation from the land of Israel and that Israel would then be whole and complete. That was their expectation. And so then when Jesus was um, arrested, when he willingly gave himself over to be arrested, and then certainly when he then died on the cross and was buried in the ground, you can imagine how his followers, his disciples, were like, what in the world? We thought we had this figured out. We thought that he was the one who was going to make everything right, and now he's in the ground. What does that mean for us? So, of course, they are going to flee and hide and be afraid for their lives. And then Jesus, he raises from the dead. He spends 40 days. He, he spends 40 days proving to them his resurrection, proving once again that he is the son of the living God, and yet still, they're confused. you got to love these guys. But I wonder, would we have been any different? Despite having laid witness to Jesus' death, and more importantly, Jesus' resurrection, they still primarily thought, his followers, that Jesus would fulfill the kingdom of God politically. Check out this question that they still asked him. They spent 40 days with Jesus, the resurrected Christ, They've seen him come back to life. He's presented the, the visible evidence of, of the, uh, the nails that went through his wrists and his feet. And yet, even still, they turned to him and said this in verse 6. Jesus' followers gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Even now... His followers couldn't see what Jesus was all about and what it is that he, was, that he had set out to do. Former biblical scholar F.F. F. Bruce, he points this out, quote, the kingdom of God, which Jesus' followers were commissioned to proclaim, was the goodness of God's grace in Christ. Their present question appears, the one that we just saw in verse 6, that present question appears to have been the last flicker of their formal burning expectation of an imminent theocracy with themselves as its chief executives. From now on, they devoted themselves to the proclamation and service of God's spiritual kingdom. So what F.F. F. Bruce here is pointing out, that uh, Jesus' followers, they were expecting, they were hoping that Jesus would at this time, he would establish political reign. That he would now, that you've risen from the dead, you're going to make all the Romans leave and we're going we're to know Israel the way that we had been promised. His followers were then hoping to have the privilege of then bathing in their status as Jesus' most important people. That was still on their minds and hearts. Little did they know instead that Jesus would soon leave and that his followers would then be, they would be the ones entrusted with and expected to do the work that they had assumed Jesus was going to do. 
they were given a work and expected to carry that out, a work that they expected Jesus to do, not themselves. And I have to wonder how many of us struggle with that now. We're called to a work. We're going to talk about that. We're called to a mission, and we are expected to carry that out. Instead, do we, do we sit around wondering whether Jesus is going to do that instead? Just like the early church, you and I today, we're entrusted and expected with this work, the continued work of Jesus Christ that we are a part of, part two. Many of us just sit back and we expect Jesus to do it for us. Now, while Jesus' followers asked him this question, you can just, <laughs> you can just imagine that Jesus um, was probably tempted to, to put the palm of his hand on his forehead. Uh, that certainly would have been my response, right? Like, oh my goodness, look at what I've done. And now you're still asking these same questions. But Jesus didn't respond that way. Grace and patience, he responded by reassuring them that they wouldn't be left alone, even though he would leave them and then one day return. We see this in verse 8 of chapter 1. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You can uh, picture uh, circles expanding Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the, of the earth, essentially meaning everybody. Now this verse, it's gonna leave, we're going to leave this on the screen, this verse right here is the quintessential verse of the whole book of Acts. This is, this is the, the hingeman. This is the verse that summarizes what the whole book is all about. And we're spending 50 weeks, now 49 weeks now, on this book, but this verse right here, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, is the central verse. And all of Acts can be summarized with this statement. The Holy Spirit empowers God's people to be his witness to the world. Check out this statement on the screen. God's, the Holy Spirit empowers God's people to be his witnesses to the world. That is what the whole book of Acts is about. This is the message for the church. Not just the early church, but the church even today. And so with this, with this single verse, we're provided then with a blueprint, a blueprint of the power and the purpose and the plan that we as individuals, as believers in Jesus Christ, and then as a church, must carry out, that we're expected to carry out a mission to make disciples of all nations. Matthew 28, the Great Commission, verses 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of 
the age. I'm going to leave this verse on the screen. Check this out. Check all the, the absolutes, the, the eternals, the eternal statements that are mentioned here. Check this out. Then Jesus came to them and said, what? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of what? All nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey what? Everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always. Isn't that beautiful? So we're going to explore this blueprint together in the time that we have remaining this blueprint that is, is given to us through this singular statement in verse 8 of chapter 1, I want to be able to, 49 weeks from now, ask you, what is the quintessential, most important verse in all of Acts? And you're going to say, what? Verse 8, all right? And the, the message, the theme of the book of Acts is the Holy Spirit empowers God's people to be his witnesses to the entire world. So that blueprint that we have then in that verse, we're going to look at here today. And, and the first aspect of that blueprint is the power, the power. Now this, this power is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the fuel that causes the engine that is our individualized as believers and the church to be able to run, to make it go. So where do we get that power from? The power comes from the Holy Spirit. We have to pay attention to Jesus' instructions that we see here in the first chapter in the book of, of Acts, these instructions that he gives to his followers. He makes it clear, it's interesting, that they aren't to run off immediately and start sharing with everybody the gospel of the risen Christ. Jesus actually, he says something kind of different. We saw this just a little bit ago. In verse 4, he tells them to wait. So in verse 4 of chapter 1, it says, On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with his followers, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Wait for the gift my Father promised which you have heard me speak about. You've heard me talk about this helper. You've heard me, for the last three years, you've heard me talk about the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to wait because he's coming. Why was it so important for them to wait? Well, we're going to see at the end of the Gospel of Luke, we talked about this last week, how the, the first chapter in Acts is, is like one of those TV shows that's kind of part two of a previous episode. The first minute or two is like a recap of the episode. That's what chapter one is somewhat like for the book of Luke, for the Gospel of Luke. Because we see some of this instruction that's happening between Jesus and his followers after his resurrection and before his ascension in Luke 24, verses 48 through 49. Jesus says to them, you are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Now, that power from on high is the Holy Spirit. 
That power that they need, that we need in order to fulfill the mission that, that Christ has called us to is the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's here that we begin to learn an important truth that applies to even us today. And that is this. The Holy Spirit indwells inside everybody who becomes a believer of Jesus Christ. It's as simple as that. Once you decide, if, you have, if you're here today and you've made the decision to, to find and to follow Jesus, to, to follow him and make him the leader of your life, if you believe he's the son of God, that he died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead and is living today, the Bible tells you you're saved. And at that moment of justification where you are made justified through the work of Christ in the eyes of God, you are saved and you then are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives within you. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, Paul is teaching to uh, the Corinthian church, other believers, and he's saying this, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? But there's something to keep in mind. There's a difference between having the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit indwells in you because you are saved, there's a difference between that and then being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at more details as to what that means in the weeks um, to, to come. Uh, but right now, I want you to just consider a moment later in the book of Acts when Jesus' followers in chapter 13 already having received the Holy Spirit. They are saved. They believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. They believe and they've given their lives to him and as such they're saved and the Holy Spirit is indwelling within them. Yet, in chapter 13 of verse 52, it says, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. There's a difference between having the Holy Spirit because you are saved and being filled with the Holy Spirit. The disciples had already received the Holy Spirit because they believed in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. They gave their lives to him, and they decided to follow him and make, them, make him the leader of their lives. And just like those disciples, the Holy Spirit also is within those who have given their lives to Jesus. You see, we can receive the Holy Spirit, and yet not we, we can not be filled with him. I want that to resonate with you here in the next week or two as we unpack that a little bit more. But think about that. You can receive the Holy Spirit and not be filled with him. The Apostle Paul in, in Ephesians, again, another church that he was writing to, the church in Ephesus, he points out that there is available to Christ followers, available to anyone who believes an empowerment of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. In Ephesians 3, verses 16 through 17, Paul writes this, I pray that out of his glorious riches that he, that is the Holy Spirit, may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The power through, his, through the Spirit in your inner being. We can and should be empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
We're going to, like I mentioned, we're going to explore more about what that means to be filled with the Holy Spirit as opposed to having received Him because you believe. But right now, we, we just need to simply understand that it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the power to fulfill the mission that He's called us to. So the first blueprint is the power, the power of the Holy Spirit. The second part of the blueprint is the purpose. What is the purpose? behind this we have the fuel that we need we know where the power comes from now what is the purpose that we're called to our purpose is to be a witness our purpose is to be a witness our purpose is to be a witness of jesus and change the world for the sake of christ through our words our attitudes and our actions So with Jesus' instructions to his followers before his ascension, we see the statement at the end of Luke, verses 46 and 48 of chapter 24. Jesus told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. Things. Now, Webster's def- uh, Dictionary, if, if you heard any of my messages, you, you know I, I love definitions. It gives clarity to words that we take for granted a lot of times. So the word witness has two parts to it, essentially. Uh, the first part is, is one who has personal knowledge of something, and the second part is somebody who gives public affirmation of this thing by their words and their action. So that's, that's part one and part two of what it means to then be a witness, the, the, the purpose to be a witness of Jesus Christ. There are two parts. The first part of what it means to be a witness is one who has personal knowledge of Jesus. That means that if you are saved, if you are a child of God, you have personal knowledge of that salvation. You've experienced that yourself. And we should then be compelled to share with others that experience. But then the second part of being a witness is then one who publicly affirms that by their words and their action. Words and action become a public affirmation of Jesus' work in your own life. You've already had personal knowledge of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then to continue being a witness, you are willing to publicly affirm that through your words, which is easy, and your actions, which is hard. But there's a third part of what it means to be a witness. And that's what we got to look at, too, because this word witness is a, it, it has a different meaning than we attribute it to with our uh, English language. The word witness in this verse is, comes from the Greek word, the ancient Greek word, Koine Greek. Uh, that's what Acts was originally written in, right? Um, martis, or martis, which we get the word martyr from. So essentially, what we're learning here is to be a witness, to fulfill this purpose that we're called to, right? 
We have to not only have personal knowledge, we need to be saved, but then we need to be willing to give public affirmation through our words and our actions, and then we need to be willing to lay our lives down for the cause of Christ. We need to be willing to give up our lives. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 38 through 39, this won't be on the screen, but Jesus says this, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Setting yourself aside completely and allowing your life to be led and motivated for the cause of Christ is essential to being a witness, someone who has personal knowledge of their salvation, someone who's willingly uh, publicly affirming that through their words and their actions, and then somebody who's actively laying their life aside for the sake of Christ. That is our purpose. So our power comes from the Holy Spirit. Our purpose is to be a witness, so then The third part of this blueprint is the plan, the plan. So we have the fuel we need, the power comes from the Holy Spirit, and we know what the purpose is that we're called to, what is the plan? Well, the plan is to change the world with the message of Jesus, to change the world with the message of Jesus. The story of Acts is how God's kingdom starts in Jerusalem. It then spreads to Judea, it spreads to Samaria, and then ultimately it just turns, literally turns the world upside down. See, Jesus is king of an unstoppable kingdom. I want to share a video with you that gives a visual depiction of the spread of Christianity over the last 2,000 years. Check this out.
for those of you who are parents, you ever have this moment, I'm sure you have um, at some point, or grandparents, you know, where um, your kid's room was just a mess, and, and you asked them, or you told them, rather, you p- clean this room. This needs to be, you need to put stuff away. You need to clean this place up. And you come back like an hour later, and everything's just been kind of pushed to the sides and the corners. And then you ask them, I asked you to clean it. I did. I cleaned it. This is not cleaning up. That's what, kind of what this moment is that we see in um, Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. So after he said this, after Jesus gave all this instruction, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking at the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And I always, it cracks me up whenever I read this passage because here not only has Jesus not only has Jesus been with his followers for the last three years. <laughs> See, I, I love that. We're getting some help right now through an audio Bible. I appreciate that. Um, not only, not only, Lou, don't worry about it. It's totally good. Um, not only has Jesus been with them for the last three years, uh, not only has he died on the cross, but then rose from the dead, was with them for 40 days in his resurrected body, proving time and time again that, that he has, in fact, risen from the dead. And then he just spent all this time instructing them on the plan, on the purpose, on the power that they would receive. And yet, even still in that moment, he's rising up into heaven. I could just imagine Jesus, you know, he's just like, going up and he's thinking, oh, they got it. They got it. They got this figured out. I spent the last 40 days, you know, giving them the what for, and I believe in them. And then he looks down and he just sees them standing there. And they're all just looking up at him like a bunch of goobers. You know, and I can imagine just Jesus being like, what are, you, what are, they, what are they doing? And he probably is turning, guys, guys, <laughs> go and talk to them, please. I mean, I, I can't. I can't right now, right? Are you doing that? Are we doing that? Are we just, are we just looking up? Are we kind of just waiting or expecting Jesus to, to do something about all this? Or are we willing to get serious about the mission that we've been called to? We have the power. We have the power, and the power comes from the Holy Spirit. It's given to each one of us because we believe we've been saved. The church has the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the power. We have a purpose. Our purpose is to to be witnesses. Our purpose is is to be able to, through our personal experience, then share with our words and our actions the message of Jesus Christ to be willing and intentions where we're setting it aside and focusing on what Jesus wants from us, and we have a plan to change the world, not, not with what we have, 
not through our own ability or talent, but because of the power of the Holy Spirit with the purpose we've been given. The plan is, is to take that message of Jesus Christ, to share it with the world, and it will change lives. There's this, this passage in 2 Corinthians. Um, we put that up on the screen, Pete. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. It's talking about Adam and sin entered into the world and everybody then was subject to death because of that sin. And then Jesus died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves. We should be witnesses. We should live for him who died and was raised again. I do not want to live my life like this where I'm just standing here looking up, expecting Jesus to do something about all of this. I want to go, and I want us to go as a church and as followers of Christ. And so I'm going to pray, and my mic here. As I'm praying, I want to ask that if you want to be a part of this as individuals and as a church, I want to ask that you would stand because we're going to, at the close of every service in this series, for the, for the next year, we're going to finish each service with this together. So if you would like to commit to that with me, then stand as I pray. Father God, thank you for who you are, for the life that we have because you have sacrificed your one and only son, so that we could be free, so that we could be saved. I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't be content with looking up, but that we would be compelled to go. Pray this in your name. Amen. Read this with me. Say this with me. We are the church. We have received power from the Holy Spirit we are Jesus' witnesses to the world. We will give the love of Jesus to each other, to our community, and to the ends of the earth because we are the church. Thank you so much for coming today. I hope that uh, you're encouraged and challenged to fulfill the purpose and be a part of the plan that God has called us to be a part of. We have the power. Spirit is within us. Let's get busy doing it. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. God bless.